forced to get off of home base. We thought it was too dangerous. They said too many people are getting hurt. There were 10 people that were taken off site. A lot of people have been talking about these fires, but it was so much more than that. Podcast 99. Hello again. It's me, Ryan Lichten, here with Parks Miller with another hey, installment. What's up, guys? What's <laughs> up, Parks? Yeah. Oh, channeling, uh, channeling Big Trying Raspy. Trying to make it through Woodstock. Yeah, that's that's Brother Weiss right around this time. Uh, <laughs> um, so we are really deep in the timeline and almost at the end, but we have some guests and stuff planned for uh, one or two of the episodes coming up, and we want to make sure we get it right. We didn't want to rush through anything, so we're going to give you... Uh, not what I would call a fluff episode, as we've already done one of these, but just like a supplemental, <laughs> a supplemental. We already called it a fluff episode, Ryan. So the I cat's out of the bag. I, I can't take it back. Well, it's <laughs> no, o- it's okay though. But there's still good stuff in here. Yes. this is a deep cut for sure. Yes. So we're calling this episode "Shots from the Stage" because one of the things we're going to talk about are fan shot videos from Woodstock '99. Something that we never even considered before. Because of course you're thinking disposable cameras and and you know pictures from back then, but you're not thinking of people actually filming stuff. Uh, digital cameras were pretty new back then, and they could only hold you know you'd have to have like four SD cards to hold maybe two or three minutes of video and audio. But it does exist, right. uh, and we were recently tipped off. Uh, of, a, of a little gold mine of that but also the main well, this is all well even the tip off is very recent and the source itself is very recent yes so, yeah it's very it's kind of interesting this, yeah and i mean especially for the people who have stuck with us for this long well first off thank you so much for doing that but uh this these videos are very worth watching i would say but yeah. we'll get to that we'll get to that yeah they're they're mystery tape-esque you know, yes, because it's a mm-hmm. grimier look. It's like, well, it's like, uh, you know, we've been look, we've been listening to Woodstock 99 on a figurative like CD. This is like the vinyl cut. Like it's got a grain mm-hmm. to it. Um, but also <laughs> this is going to be uh, the main chunk of this episode is going to be our mail day. Now, we have done one of these before. If you're a subscriber to our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash culture dumps, then you've probably heard our first one. Uh, that's where we revealed the recipe for the Woodstock chicken that, that we ate uh, when, when we were doing our show in Atlanta. That's uh, we, we told some seriously gnarly stories that have been sent into us. And so we kind of just went through the mailbag and we were going to release it as a regular episode, but then we decided it was too, too juicy. This one is very juicy as well, but we're hoping that maybe you'll go back and, uh, you know, pay the bottled water price to listen to the original one. <laughs> and some of these are just great. And we really appreciate, you know, everyone actually taking our advice at the end of every episode where we say, you know, if you went to worked at or played Woodstock 99, contact us. Uh, when people do, right. it's incredible. Yeah. And actually people do a lot. And so, and this is really good for that because, um, when we do, when I look at the messages and I'm like, Oh shit. Like all these people are like actually kind of telling us these stories and yeah, doing the thing. And um, it's just pretty incredible to see it happen. Um, so these are some of some really good stories from people that have submitted that were there. Uh, and there are more still. And I guess somehow we can try to figure out how to put them all together. Um, but well, we I mean, really the appreciate plan all the feedback. Would be, you know, like my dream would be like the coffee table book. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> the people's mm-hmm. pictures because some of these people also submitted pictures and it's funny uh because like the pictures are kind of the proof you know that the story's legit and it's just right. like you see these you can't help but see the people in your head when you're reading them um mm-hmm. and we're not going to give away anyone's names i haven't heard back from from any of these people whether or not that they, they want that so we're just doing first names here and uh on our patreon you probably will be able to see some of these pictures that were sent in to us uh, we always like to get permission because you know it was woodstock 99 and people did crazy things um, mm-hmm. but we're going to start. And again, uh, like we said in the original one, for those of you that have heard it, uh, we're reading these. We, it's not like we memorize these and we're not summarizing them. So forgive me if I sound like the kid that you didn't want to have called on in class to read out loud. Cause I'm going <laughs> to, <laughs> it's, it's, it's rare that I read this much out loud. Just, just give it your best go. You know, we'll edit as much as we can out later. Thanks. Marks. And, uh, and you'll, you'll just sound like you're, uh, a radio personality, you know, but you, <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll be better. This is hey, the Woodstock 99 you'll be better book than Brother tape. Wheeze. This is like the yeah. Woodstock 99 book on tape, the, uh, the audible. All right. This one was sent to us. All right, here we go. When Woodstock 99 was announced, I really wanted to go, but I didn't have the means to get a ticket. Luckily, my father went to the original Woodstock and I was hoping that would be in my favor when asking him for a ticket. He agreed to buy me the ticket if I painted and scraped the entire outside of our two-story house. I spent the entire summer scraping and painting and finally earned the ticket. You see that? Earned the ticket, folks. That's that's nice. That That's some... That's some true that's some uh, Americana right that, there. That's yeah, pure right. Americana. Dad, I want to go to this concert. Well, son, nothing in life comes free. You're going to earn the ticket. And he did. All right. I went with two <laughs> friends. This is where it gets fucking nuts, folks. I went with two friends, one a close friend, John, and the other was really just a ride and more of an acquaintance. This kid, Chris. The kid with a car. The kid, the with, kid the car. with the car. Yes. He was super oh, weird man. and kind of out there. On the oh, way down, da- on the way down around Syracuse, if memory serves, Chris tries to pass a car on a two-lane road. As soon as we get out to pass him, there's a motorcycle in the lane. He corrects, and for a second, we're good. Then he suddenly jerks the wheel again, and we slide all the way across the road, hit the curb, and completely roll the car several times, and end up on someone's lawn. <laughs> Oh my god. I barely have time to realize no one nobody is hurt before a woman comes screaming out of the house thinking we're all dead. Turns out she's a hippie type and super cool. She helps us gather our wits and stuff, feeds us, and drives us twenty or so miles to the thruway and drops us on an on ramp so we can hitchhike. An hour or so goes by and we finally get picked up by and have ride in the back of a dilapidated pickup truck that happens to be going to Rome, but not the festival. Then comes the several mile walk from town all the way to our campsite, which in the dark ended up being on rocks, literally on some road on the base. On Friday during corn, that kid Chris that drove us and almost killed us disappears. We don't see him for the rest of the festival or even to this day. <laughs> oh, I'm my sh- God. I'm sure he's alive, but he's Wait, gone. Wait, but wasn't this just like a... Aren't they just like kids? Like, isn't he just like their neighbor? Like that... Wasn't he at school the next <laughs> week? I, no, like, I, I don't know. No, no, he wasn't. No. I, don't, he wasn't. I don't think they're in high school. <laughs> but uh, but I love how it says, I'm sure he's alive, well, but, but he's, he's gone. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's of the age where he's like asking his dad for a ticket. I mean, I guess you could just be like a Well, yeah, broke. but I mean, I lived at home when I was like, you, you know, 18 or whatever, but no, even no, 17. I, I mean, you I have two. Like, I, I did when I started this fucking podcast. Like for my friends um, from back home that will listen to this, like I like 
being from Valencia, like if I went to a concert with some random kid from like Canyon Country, true, we're in the same town, but I'm not going to see that fucking guy again. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. Suburbs are weird like that. Uh, Uh Anyways, it's getting good now. Saturday was amazing. Tripped balls all day, much like Friday. And it was the best music of the festival. Unlike some, we were, (laughs) unlike some, we were there for the music. Oh, Unlike some, uh, unlike we were there for the music. I don't remember eating or dr- yeah, exactly. I don't remember eating or drinking at all the entire festival, which is bizarre with all the stories of four dollar water and twelve dollar pizza. Since we were hitchhiking, we left the coolers of food in dudes' cars on ladies' lawn. <laughs> Wait, so they left uh, the cars there? They left on, the the, on the lawn. They left the car on the lawn. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, we were on the way to the Friends of Woodstock to see about getting help with a ride home when we ran into other friends from home, Buffalo. They're from, he's from Buffalo. That, that's where that is. Who had room for us in their car. We hadn't seen Dude since corn on Friday, and his car was dead on lawn in Syracuse anyway. <laughs> I love- wait, wait. But hold up. Friends of Woodstock? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Have we covered that? No. And that was the first I had heard of it. So I looked it up in that Crossroads magazine. Or what was it? Not Crossroads. It was um, uh, we had we had it on display at the event. I forgot what it's called, but it was basically like a magazine that would come with your ticket and stuff. And mm, it was a lot of advertisements yeah. for all the businesses that would be there, bios on the bands and stuff. And uh, it had a list of all the extracurricular shit. And yeah, basically it was like like Friends of Woodstock was like carpooling. Uh, yeah, you know th- th- things like that. Yeah, yeah. Community very, action. Sixty nine vibes. It's like, hey, uh, everyone, like, let's meet up on Sunday and like burn this place down. There's just like, like a little message on the bulletin board. That's where you would go if you lost board. your kid. Like, if yeah. you lost your kid there, yeah, yeah. yeah. which okay. would be fucking okay. terrible. But we already know on day three that did happen. Remember, they were, they were looking for uh, two boys. Yeah, yeah, on the west stage. All right, here we go. We just hung so out with our friends and yeah. hacky sacked all day. Music on oh. Sunday was meh. Did catch a red hot chili pepper Sunday night. Obviously, we all know where the night went from there. I did participate in some of the unsavory activities when the place burned. Still have a looted tent. Looted is in quotes. I love that. Looted. No, it's looted. <laughs> a looted tent <laughs> and some other items. When the police came and herded everyone back to the campsites, we just went right home instead. Have never... <laughs> have never heard from Chris again. Somewhere he was around with a story that may be as good or better than mine. Sorry if hard to read. Hammered this book out on an iPhone. Hope it's worth the read from Jason. Jason, yes, it was definitely worth the read. Jason, our iPhone author, just writing classic novels here. Just taking a dump. That's so good. Just- I love how uh, they like get the ride figured out and then they're like, let's 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 burn some shit. <laughs> well, they didn't say burn, but it's yeah, like they get, they're like, all right, we're good. We got a way out. But this is kind, this might be like the first um, admitted uh, participate. In yeah. Looting. Well, I mean, our okay, survivor, Andy, this... while, while while reserved, he walked away with some shit. You know, I mean, yes, he claims yes, it was the day yeah. after, but, you know, day after day, day mm-hmm. of, you know, it's looting pals. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, so, yeah, that's the first. Yeah, but I love, cool. I love that like unsavory uh, activities. Mm-hmm. How, how we describe? Well, that. I mean, I mean, I mean. Hopefully, hopefully it was just looting. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's well, and the again, thing is, it's I, like, I mean, we appreciate the story. We're not trying to insinuate right. anything about. 
Well, okay. So here's the other thing, though. When you do see the pictures of these people, they look exactly what you'd think they look like. Like they, they, like everyone back then looked kind of the same. Like it was summer festival wear. It's not like now where festival fashion is such a thing that like stores get mm-hmm. completely revamped for like three concerts. You know what I mean? Uh, right, this right. was like no, like it's gonna be hot as fuck. Let's go. Let's dress comfy. Like the guys dress like the girls for the most part. It was all khaki cargo mm-hmm. shorts and, and, a, and a big shirt so big you know ev- everyone looks kind of the same and nondescript it's it's mm-hmm. uh it's interesting the music really it was yeah. woodstock you know people were there for woodstock uh, just got out of hand really out of hand right away yeah very badly yeah all right this is Where a rare is one yeah so this one i think i i and i i was uh, on the instagram some of the messages saw someone had kind of reached out a couple times and i was like oh like so sorry, you know, please like send a story over. Uh, so this is the story that they sent. Um, it says, hi, Parks. I'm, fi- I've, I'm finally caught up listening to all the podcasts and just joined the Patreon. Thank you. Your survivor stories are the best. Andy's was amazing. I would love to go see what he got on film. Everything he talked about jives with my memories of the riots. And I loved hearing the story about the end of Drumstock. The interview with Matt had me laughing out loud in my car. Yes, we we loved that too. We were laughing out loud. Um, and I just listened to the Patreon Survivor Stories mail day. So fucking good. I was sad to hear that you may retire the Survivor Stories segments as they are my favorite thing about the podcast. Pure gold, like stepping into a time machine. So here are my pictures. They may not be much to look at, but I didn't have my camera with me during most of the really crazy parts. Typical women's summer clothing. I probably didn't have big enough pockets and would have had to carry it in my hand the whole time. I took some shots in the beginning and then kept the camera in my tent mostly until Sunday. I'll caption them below in brief. Yeah, and we'll, we're going to post ha- some of those, too, on our, on our yes, Patreon so yes. you can see them. So, like, you'll hear the description because the descriptions are hilarious, and it's just like, like each one is just like a snapshot, like, in your head that you can picture. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so and, you'll I mean, we see love, some of that We stuff. love the photos. Because, yes. like, I mean, obviously, like, the professional photos are great, but, I mean, this is kind of getting into a very nerdy historian thing of, for me, like, seeing the personal photos like they don't have to necessarily be like spectacularly shot photos to you just see you learn something new you know yeah. just from those like personal photos and you know if it's on like a um every single you know, person just, there had a different story right you right. know yeah so um carry on uh i can definitely help you fill in the gaps with the raves i was completely sober all day friday and then in uh parentheses it's got james brown G Love, DMX, ICP, Moby, Sandra Collins. So maybe sobriety is a good way because this is a productive contra Yeah, right those here. are several heavies that I, I would have liked. James to see. Brown was first, and Moby and Sandra Collins were some of the last. Yeah. So she oh, was yeah, watching damn, music yeah, all right. day and all night. She was sober, probably hydrating. Um, overall, had a good time Friday. Then I had my first ever ecstasy experience on Saturday night. <laughs> there we go. Oh, okay. So, so we're just Friday. Okay. <laughs> yeah, come on. Man. But cool. Um, but that's great. First ecstasy experience during Fat Boy Slim and Dave Ralph having an even better time. Followed by my first ever acid trip during Red Hot Chili Peppers. Dude, and the she went riot. for it. But that's great. Like, that, I mean, honestly, that's what I did at the gathering. I I was sober like the first day, and you know, I I took some things afterwards, but um. Yeah, that's good to just get 
kind of get your bearings before you dive right into uh, something crazy. Uh, so she remembers the riots. Uh, even at nearly 40 years old, I consider myself a raver. I went to one rave before 99, but I didn't really get it until Woodstock. This event single-handedly launched me into the rave scene with enthusiasm, and my love for the music has not waned in the last 20 years. My energy level, however, is a different story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so she's and honestly, I'm going to say I don't know a lot about Sandra Collins, but she uh, said, here's some info on Sandra Collins, the DJ who played the entire night after Moby five to six hours. Yeah, she is fucking crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a big set. And I mean, what Moby was like midnight to one or was it one to two? Yeah, I mean, she was. She was doing the cleanup, like probably till dawn. Yeah, till the sun you know, came up for till sure. Till the sun came up, and um, I mean, um, on top of that, like she, this, you know, the person that sent us this letter also sent us a link to an, a, a short interview where that D- that DJ Sandra Collins she mentions Woodstock '99, and I mean, it's estimated that during her set there were sixty to eighty thousand people crammed into that hangar. and she mm-hmm. was slated to play I think for like an hour or two, and they were just like, no, keep going, because everyone was like fucking digging it so much so she did a five fucking hour set and she said and this goes along with a long line of other people that have said this that played woodstock 99 that it was the best show of her life best night ever uh yeah nothing's come close to that i mean corn has said that seven dust has said that uh i mean lots of people have said that about their sets there um now the people that yeah. went are the people that have the differing <laughs> opinions. Well, but but I mean, also she's I mean she's saying not for Sandra Collins, but for uh, Fatboy Slim and Dave Ralph. I mean, she's saying that this is you know an amazing. I mean, it changed her life. Her love for for raving. Yeah, um, changed her life. So yeah, I mean now it just it's like and I guess with the whole rave and the whole late night thing because there's not the videos. It's I mean that it's like it's there's it's never enough here at Podcast 99. Right. You know, we've done all this stuff and now I'm like, well, damn, what's up with this rave? Like, I, I want to know more about that now, because now it's like there's we're there's just the darkness, literal darkness the in the cover of night. This is the big stone that we can't we yeah. cannot lift under enough to it's figure the final out. Like, frontier. But I mean, uh, yeah, five to six hour set. So um, now here's some of the descriptions of the photos which I, I have not seen but ryan has seen them so if you want to like kind of summarize some of these photos here or some of the some yeah. of the captions which we'll put up on the patreon later yeah let's let's uh no, let me get down there yeah okay so i mean and a lot of these are, are literally it's it's what you would expect it's a it's a it's a girl you know going to woodstock 99 with her friends you know what i mean they're very like innocent pics but the descriptions of some of them uh, like, for instance, uh, me sitting next to two 13-ish-year-old kids with cardboard signs saying, please feed us with drugs. We hung out here for a <laughs> while in the shade. Their method must have been working as they were showing off their stash to us. Just while we were there, someone handed them some mushrooms. So, But when you see wow. the pic, it's just like her and her girlfriend like sitting next to these two guys you really like you're not seeing the nuances of, of people like feeding these teenagers <laughs> drugs but like it gives it such right, great right. context uh, uh the, we the, could put the we could put like the descriptions with the pictures oh yeah totally uh this one yeah, walking yeah. to see rusted root tsk, tsk. uh <laughs> oh getting high again at rusted root with laura like these are great captions you know what i mean just mm-hmm. like in general um 
Let's say, tripping with my new girlfriends, Laura and Danielle, either at Red Hot Chili Peppers or after we left the East Stage to head towards the hangar for the rave. Um, and, and then, yeah, the riots, the, the riots ones, it's kind of far off. Um, so now this is really interesting. This is deep dive Woodstock 99 summer of love 1999 stuff uh that's like a really positive kind of fun uh summer camp ish kind of a thing uh she says when looking for my ticket and bracelet i also found a letter that laura sent me i completely forgot i had it we got separated from the other girl danielle early on and in our acid trip sunday night and and we had our we had her bag we spent a long time looking for her that night to no avail according to the letter laura eventually mailed danielle her bag i guess laura also had my camera and mailed that back to me as well i had forgotten that part too laura was from connecticut danielle from california and i would love to connect with them again but i can't find laura online and i don't know danielle's last name that makes me so fucking sad but i have the letter here that's such a woodstock moment right there i know you know i know just meet people at the festival and you just you and uh, well, as the as the comments say, because part of this is I've watched so many YouTube videos, and like the the famous comment is like, "Not a cell phone in sight." Yeah, of course. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it's tough. I mean, if you didn't have a pen back then, you're fucked. You know, as yeah. far as remembering a number. But um, this letter here, and I'm I'm not gonna like do like a impression or anything but i mean it's fun and it really comes across like uh you know like like a yearbook almost this is like a woodstock 99 yearbook writing from one chick to another sarah what's up (laughs) i hope you got your camera one piece right before i went to mail it i realized i didn't know your last name oops I've been talking to Danielle a lot lately. She doesn't remember much of Sunday night. That night was crazy. I wish we could all get together sometime, but I doubt that will happen. How long does it take to get from Pennsylvania to Connecticut? Maybe we could hang out sometime. That would be cool. I told Danielle that if she ever needs a roommate, I'll be in California in two seconds. I'd love to go to California. Remember, oh. <laughs> remember, the, I know, I know. Remember I that, that Mexican woman who invited us to the millennium party? Danielle has her address. We should go. We'll fly to California, meet up with Danielle and drive from there. Okay. So maybe that's a crazy plan, but we'd have so much fun. Anyway, I've got to go. I hope to hear from you soon. Laura. That wow. is wholesome ass shit, folks. That's, that is so wholesome. Just it, the like. I want to like you just send me a letter and I'll get the next flight out to California. Yes. You know, so that was Aww. from that was from Sarah. Sarah, oh, thank Sarah. you so thank much. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm, I'm that, glad that, that you like, followed up. Sarah, Laura and Danielle just making really good memories. Yes. <sighs> OK, for this next one, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, <laughs> I am going to this is this one is very complete and it has a, a full circle kind of like come back around. I almost said reach around uh, like a full circle cover. <laughs> I know. God damn it. Um, and it comes across when I was reading it, I couldn't help but like hear the wonder years narration voice in my head. I'm going to do my best to make this one as, uh, as timeless as possible. I just got done working a 14 hour day. So I apologize if I seem a bit out of it. I found most of my picks that I took at Woodstock. However, there are a few that are missing. Unfortunately, I could not find my ticket either, although I know that it is around here somewhere. If you check out my Instagram, blank, I have a pic on there of the ticket. 
I know that a lot of my picks look the same, and after 20 years, they are pretty shitty quality looking back. I realized that I was more invested in the moment than taking pictures, although it would have been pretty sweet to document my time a little better. Anyways, I was 18 at the time, and had just graduated high school in Indiana. My fiance at the time, Lisa, graduated with me. I paid for my friend Chris to go with us, and he was 19. We were all super young, but we were absolutely pumped to go. In the pics, I'm the one wearing the Nike shirt, just so you get a better idea as to who is narrating this mess. My parents graduated high school in 69, so they still remembered the original Woodstock, although neither were into that scene. By the time 99 rolled around, my dad was really high up in banking, running quite a few Wells Fargo's in Indiana, so he wasn't really the partying type at all. They were scared about me going, but as they put it, I was 18 and they couldn't stop me. Honestly, they were more supportive than I would have ever imagined they would be. I think it took something like 10 and a half hours to drive to Rome, and if memory serves me correctly, we drove all night in my fiance's Lumina. Not a whole lot of room. We showed up to Rome on Thursday morning and traffic was already bad, but not horrible. Once we hit Rome, it took us approximately two hours to get to Griffiths, where we parked. I'll never forget this dude in patchwork pants and tie-dye wearing a huge black backpack filled with mushrooms just selling to people waiting in line. None of us bought any because we were too scared we would somehow be busted before we even parked. No way were we going to miss that festival. We also bought our tickets while waiting in line. I ended up paying $200 per ticket to some girl walking through the, walking through the stop cars. It was a gamble, but it seemed legit. And I was, lol, scared it would sell out before we got there. Yeah, I know. We finally got there and parked on the grounds. Walking up, we decided since there was security and we were going to be checked, they were still doing that when we arrived, so we took our tent and hit a ton of food, drinks, water, alcohol, and some bud. They never checked the tent. We were super pumped because we felt like we got one over on them. In a way, I suppose we did. Thank God we brought enough water to last the entire weekend. We never sold any because we were afraid we would run out. I mean, the bottles were warm by the actual first day, but we didn't care. In the long run, it saved us a shitload of money. Once inside, we picked a spot to camp under some trees for shade. In our group under the trees, we had two Canadian guys, I cannot remember their names, and an old Santa Claus looking hippie that attended the original Woodstock. He shared stories with us the entire weekend. I shit you not when I say I cannot remember one damn story. Time and drug use kills the memories, I guess. The Canadians left the second day. I honestly can't remember if they saw who they wanted to see and decided to leave or something came up and they had to leave. Either way, they were from Toronto and they didn't want to cross the border with what they had. So they gave Chris a Ziploc bag full of opium for free. Good guys, those Canadians, lol. I remember they loved the raves and George Clinton. It was unbelievably hot there. So hot that I got sunburnt on my feet and could barely walk by the last day. I was wearing those awesome Velcro Reebok black sandals that were popular in the 90s. Not a great look. I was growing my hair so I could dread it, and I ended up dreading it a week after I got back from New York, so it was an unruly mess at Woodstock. You cannot tell by the pic of me that I sent since I was wearing a hat, but I had half a mind to cut all of my hair off while at the festival. I had never been so hot, and living in a tent didn't help. I can remember the smell, but I have since deployed to Afghanistan, and nothing tops that smell, so in hindsight, the smell could have, believe it or not, been a whole lot worse. I do remember not shitting the entire time I was there, because of all the shitters were broken, and the portal pots were knocked over. 
I do apologize to everyone at the McDonald's in Rome after the festival was over because I blew that restroom up. I still remember a river of, I guess, piss constantly running out of the bathrooms. It was disgusting. The mutt people, by the way, were covered in shit, not mud. I don't think they even realized it. We avoided them like the plague. The beer people had a running beef with the mud shit people all weekend and vice versa. It was an interesting thing to behold. I do remember the drum people quite well. You couldn't avoid them. They were doubling in size every time we walked past them too. It was nuts. Okay, I've got to go to bed for the night. I will finish my memory trip tomorrow. I would love to talk to you guys about it as well if you want. If not, it's all good. Also, I again apologize for the pics. They are pretty much all the same, but I do think they show how trashy it became in the sheer amount of people. Dustin. Dustin, thank you for your service, first of all. Second of all, fuck yes. That is... That's a perfect Woodstock 99 story. Not that uh, the other ones aren't, I but just, that, that like, one is so like, quintessential. Daddy, in my- <laughs> Daddy, will you tell the Woodstock 99 story again? <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, son, it was me, Chris, and your mom. I remember the drum people quite well. <laughs> Uncle Chris was there? All right, little one, I've got to go to bed for the night. Like, Sorry to I, McDonald's. I love your storytelling. It's so... I was trying not to laugh a that's lot what, during... That's what that. I got... <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> well th- that's uh, again though so matt matt took a shit at um aka matt lana yes. t- took a shit at the burger king in rome whereas uh dustin took McDonald's. a shit at the uh, mcdonald's so i mean it was just mm-hmm. an all-out assault oh yeah on i'm rome sure the gas food. stations i'm yeah. sure like everywhere that had a bathroom after woodstock <laughs> like was just raided yeah. I do wonder no, if the I, since he said the Canadians left absolutely. on Saturday, I wonder if they just saw Tragically Hip and then and they were like, All right. We're Tragically gone. Hip and then took off, probably. It was back to Canada. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. You, yeah, they, they saw then they saw like two seconds of Kid Rock and Kid Rock is like, <laughs> Fucking America and they're like, Oh shit. Like what like Woodstock ninety nine had such gnarly vibes in the pit that like even Canadians yeah. were considered like foreigners. Oh man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. So now, uh, getting into uh, some some other deep dive shit here, uh, we were recently sent a uh, link to YouTube for a bunch of fan shot videos. These are videos shot from the stage at Woodstock 99, yes. mostly during the gnarliest yes, acts, uh, by the way. Um, there is some stuff from the crowd, but it's all during like the heavies. Mm-hmm. You know, the, it's all during legend uh, legend acts. And uh, there's a couple different sources. Uh, the first one I saw it was a, it was a guy. I mean, and I don't know. Uh, if I want to give people's Instagrams out, but uh, let's say his name is Tony. <laughs> uh, but then uh, Curve Feeler yeah. on YouTube, I'm sure, wants the views. Uh, Curve Feeler posted some of that. And there was another guy, too. Um, I'm sure you have their, their name somewhere. But uh, And we posted that mm-hmm. on our Instagram, too, at Podcast. Yeah, yeah. We ha- but, yeah, Parks. I mean, you, yeah, you got a little um, more into I them do than wanna, I did. Since, since we did post it, I'm going to just find his name. Since uh, we did post it on uh, Instagram already. And, uh, he did, he sent us this message and I, I love the, the video that he sent. Uh, it's, uh, at J R Gory, G O R R I E J R Gory. Um, and, uh, okay. He, uh, his stuff, he sent me this, uh, video and this was the one that it's, it was called, uh, like limp biscuit, fan shot side stage and that's from the youtube right um 
account Curve Feeler. So I'm now I'm super interested in who Curve Feeler is. And speaking of mystery tapes, uh, uh, he actually has a couple videos on his channel that are called the mystery tapes. And there are some sort and like one's called like the mystery tapes, Al and Marty. And they're literally like, I think like rips of like cassettes or something because they're not video and they're like anywhere from 30 to an hour long so he's on some oh, weird, weird mystery tape vibe but like i just like i love this guy curve feeler because he i mean he's got he's got like yeah, he's motocross cool. feeler, yeah. footage from like kentucky in 1971 and then he's got this woodstock stuff but then he also has like a hannah montana concert from like the 2000s um but he i I yeah. was briefly looking through the comments <laughs> and basically he was, I think, friends with Corn's bus driver. So during Corn and Limp Biscuit, he was able to like go like side stage left. So that would be like where like Wes Borland was. And uh and the Limp Biscuit one is great. I didn't yes. finish the corn one, but the Limp Biscuit one is great because it actually starts with him in the crowd and he's pretty close up. Yeah, and and yeah, I don't know. This, again, way, yeah. being this deep into this Woodstock thing, I love it because anything that is video, just like the mystery tape, anything that's video that's not uh, presented in the way that they wanted you to see it on the pay per view is really fascinating to me. Uh, just because it it, it 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 I mean, it definitely reminds me of like the first time I ever went to music festival of just that like that anticipation where you're essentially just like a bunch of cattle and you're like baking and you're just waiting for the, something to happen yeah. and like just kind of get, I don't know you just really get a feeling of like what was going on and like the guy the where where Kerr Feeler is standing he's like because he's on like the stage left side. Uh, he's directly like across from like where uh, Puff Daddy and Kid Rock were. So he's like zooming in on them, kind of like watching the show. And then at some point he like gets back. He kind of like gets back and behind the stage. So, I mean, the audio is like really blown out and sounds pretty bad. Um, but you I don't know. It's just it's just crazy. The other crazy thing about it is that like all these videos uh, this guy's channel, Curve Feeler, it started like three weeks ago. So, um, yeah. So he's just, yeah, and so I'm looking at this guy's this comments shit. and he's like, I got plenty more stuff. Uh, he like had a video of Limp Biscuit from in Nashville and like the earth, like 97. And they like cover, uh, I think jailhouse rock cause they're playing in Nashville. So <laughs> Um, I don't know. He's he's got like a video that's like Damn. Matt Hoffman drops in on a half pipe, um, and oh he he actually oh man he has uh, Seven Dust too, which we also I I haven't seen that one, but he uh, I guess like he had like this connection with like some of these new metal guys. So if you look, yeah. So if you look up, yeah, uh, he was getting around Kerr Feeler. Yeah. Well, the corn one's crazy. The, the corn one's really crazy because the camera angle from the pay-per-view, the way it sweeps over, it is like this monumental like ocean of, of you know, mosh pit. And when you see it like just dead on with like a shitty camera, like not mm -hmm. doing dynamic like sweeps and stuff, it's like yeah. way more primal and dirtier and nastier. But also uh, 
it's interesting because you get to see Jonathan Davis like standing off to the yeah. side of the stage like before he walks out because he walks out like right when he's about to do his thing. So you see him like they're getting amped up. It reminds me of a uh, if you ever seen like the behind the scenes footage from the filming of The Shining when Jack Nicholson's about to do the famous axe through the door scene uh, and he's like ah, ah, and he's like huffing and puffing uh, walking around nice. while everyone's getting the lighting yeah, right. Like that's what Jonathan Davis up. is doing. And I also I guess I, but uh yeah go on go you on. can hear a guy. Oh, oh, well, real, real quick, you can you can hear a guy like right when it's like, oh, "Are you ready?" and it and it breaks, and the crowd starts going crazy. The guy standing next to Kerr Feeler says, yeah. uh, "Oh my yeah. god!" And there's just like little nerdy <laughs> things, awesome. like the back of like all the amps, like of corn, it, like it, it says corn in their logo, or like the Limp Bizkit amps, like have their name on it, and like you're just you're watching like the the huge professional boom cameras and you're seeing these camera operators and you're i mean you're totally i don't know in some ways because of it being the 90s obviously getting the most professional camera quality is interesting from a you know a cultural perspective but also getting like the handheld camera too it feels so appropriate because it's almost right. like you're almost like i feel like i should be watching Woodstock 99 on someone's camcorder like grainy and shitty footage if it almost feels a little more appropriate and there just really isn't a ton of that stuff and now this guy just like dropped like three Woodstock videos and I mean and it's crazy because he's only got like 96 subscribers but there's already like a ton of comments so like I don't know I'm just excited to see where this guy goes because he's just and his all his the only thing he responds to in the comments <laughs> is just like I've got more, <laughs> like I got more stuff. Yeah, curve yeah, feeler. Curve yeah, feeler. yeah. curve feeler, curve feeler. Yeah, and mm. thanks to everyone oh, that and, points there, this stuff out to us. And then there uh, was this one we, we that I do feel like maybe we had found a long time ago and then kind of lost. But if you look up, I think it's Limp Biscuit Brazil, which I think was just something that happened as I was digging around yet again. And there's footage of Fred Durst trying to get onto that piece of plywood. And it's just a like, because like their set is like 50 minutes and they probably had an hour. And I think that nine minutes of it went to Fred Durst. He's just in the crowd like, hey, like someone bring me that piece of plywood. (laughs) And like no one's doing it. But he's like insisting he's like no i'm going to stand on this piece of plywood and so he waits like a really really uncomfortably yeah. long amount of time and which i'm just thinking like oh, this is insane like why would you just do this like this isn't exciting but i mean the man had a vision because he wanted to stand you know because he he didn't yeah. he didn't stop <laughs> and then like dj lethal is just playing like he's just going through his like rolodex of beats the, and like a, he finally gets on the plywood and that's the video but then if you notice in the like the the pay-per-view one some of the videos like they'll have these cuts and it was probably because it was nine minutes of fred durst asking yeah. to, for a piece of plywood to stand on and so there's just it's like it's just weird because yeah. it I don't know. Even after all this searching around, it's like, oh, here, there's more. There's another thing. There's more. I know. Yes. We're trying so hard to finish. (laughs) I want to talk about fucking like other shit. Yeah. What we're saying is (laughs) we're really just wringing this rag dry uh, and like squeezing the last drops of water over our mouths. But then something else pops out and like people, you know, like you guys listening are like all stoked on it. So you send us stuff. You're like, oh, because everyone's like now digging for for this stuff. And like 
holy shit like i mean a fan i know because then that made me feel like do i need to search fan you know, shot every artist would suck because like because what if they're not curve feeler related i know, you know? yeah seriously <laughs> yes. Yeah, but shout out to Curve Feeler. All right. So now, uh, last uh, last timeline episode, the Wild Wild West stage, we didn't do an emerging artist roundup because we talked about Seven Dust for way too long, and uh, we were we were covering three bands, and it, it was just a lot. Uh, we had we had a lot of clips. That's like still easily mm-hmm. one of my favorite episodes. Yes. I love talking about seven dust at Woodstock 99. But what we're going to do now is we're going to go through the emerging artist roundup for what would have been that, that time frame. So this is like about five 30 to eight 30. Uh, there's three bands here that would have been playing on the West or not on the emerging artist stage during the wild, wild West stage segment. So while seven dust was playing, then collective soul, then Godsmack, you mm-hmm. had uh, first up push <laughs> monkey <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Push Monkey uh, landed, like, like many bands at Woodstock 99, landed on the best band. Like, they basically picked, like, the lesser of uh, several evils. Um, they're from Austin, Texas. They were originally called Billy Pilgrim, but then they changed their name to Mad Hatter. But then that just became. And then Hatter. they just threw it at the and, towel uh, and it said Push Monkey. They <laughs> said, <laughs> said, fuck all that. Push. Anyway. Yeah, no. Like it was like the it, like if you watch the dirt like when, when like they come up with Motley Crue which isn't even how like the movie gets that wrong but that's neither here nor there but like when he's just like no I have the name and he just holds up a fucking piece of paper that says Motley Crue that's but, what it was like with Pushman they're like Hatter no Mad Hatter yeah I mean no. I I do feel like Pushman. that was I mean <laughs> but Motley Crue at least is like a thing right like that is an actual like tangible concept it's like like. <laughs> Okay, no, what is it? Maybe is I'm thing. missing something here. I think it's like no, I don't know. <laughs> it's a thing. I, I it's a thing. <laughs> I don't. I, Let's see. I, 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 no, it's a thing. Obviously, I, I thought it was, I think it has something to do with cars, maybe, or like um, like it's like a job. It's like a it's like a derogatory term for like a like a like a like a, like a, like a yeah. I hope this is job where you're. I hope push you know, monkey isn't mechan- just like some like or terrible terrible thing that we're just completely oblivious to <laughs> it, well it is it's a band that played at on the emerging artist stage in 1999 oh, they are really bad you listen thing. did you listen but, to uh, them uh i i was like yo what is yeah. the first song i heard yeah, I was like it was like a new metal song but then there was like there was like trumpets on it and slide it like trumpets yeah yeah they have a they have a brass guy um they, one of their songs was used on the show Melrose okay. Place, uh, season seven to be exact. They also played at Ozfest '99. Now that's this is kind of an interesting thing. Um, all, like uh, a couple of these mm-hmm. bands played at Ozfest that that year, um, the, the emerging artist bands, um, and they also won the first ever Famecast.com Battle of the Bands. Uh, they're still semi-active, uh, mostly like hometown shows. They play in Austin, you know, once or twice a year or something like that. Um, and their album cover looks like something you would find at Goodwill, <laughs> like on one of like the tape slips. I mean, it is such like a thrift store album art. It's like orangish with like a lady with like a latex mask on. It's it's pretty bizarre, but it's it's basically your standard post nineties. I feel like, like it's like it's like that photo. Rock, you, know like, I mean? you know, it's like oh, there's this like Photoshop, and like we can like easily add different images and put them together. So like, let's have like some sort of velvet, and then like 
a hot lady who kind of looks like a vampire and then like let's get our font but you know it kind of looks evil or like graffiti evil yeah mm-hmm. yeah and we're push monkey you know push monkey yeah so then after push monkey we have cycle fly uh they're an alt rock band from uh ireland and france they have members from each of them countries uh they've headlined their own world tours they've also opened for iggy pop lincoln park and whoops woodstock 99 alumni bush and live um also the singer the uh, deceased singer of lincoln park uh oh, was featured okay. on one of their songs uh, they've played at Ozfest and Reading and Leeds. Like they, yeah. they're they were pretty big for a while. They they, they did some big stuff, uh, but they only had two albums. One was produced by Sylvia Massey, who has worked with everyone, uh, including Tool, Aerosmith, Johnny Cash, Seal, Prince, Seven Dust, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and a shitload of others. Um, and the other was produced by a team of producers, and one of those guys was Bill Appleberry, who's worked with uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Judge Me Not, Taking Back Sunday. Uh, and he also has mixed and produced every single song on the wow. TV show The Voice. <laughs> so that was who was uh, producing Cycle Fly. And their, their singer has like a kind of a signature bright red, like neon red hair, and they have kind of like a semi-twisted sound with like a... Yes. Like a weird, like electronic beat over like some distorted guitars, but it's not like so over the right. top that they're like straight up industrial. Yeah, this is like this right to in me the is a very late yeah. '90s band because yeah, it has that sort of the hip hop esque drum loop, but it's not industrial. Um, but then it definitely has like that. It's like I feel like there was sort of like a bit of a glam ish sort of thing that happened, like right yeah. where like a lot well, of it's like that dark. Like, glam. I feel like. It became a thing back again in the late nineties of like let you know we can we can have a lot of makeup on like that's that's a cool thing to do and like I think I I think I saw that um, <laughs> they they were on some like David Bowie like covers album you know like where they would do that that was like a big nineties thing too you like do a tribute to an artist and then like have a bunch of different emerging up and coming artists like pick a song of theirs to cover. And I think that they were on some sort of thing like that of like Bowie or like a glam. So it has that kind of, you know, so, I mean, sort Weird, of like yeah. the way Dandy I mean, Warhol's like, like that was like a, a thing. They don't quite sound like them, but then it's sort of like these sort of witty lyrics that are kind of like condemning society, I guess, is the best way. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they're twisted. They're they're, yes. they're like diet. Just twisted, one twist is what I would say. They're, yeah. they're not like yeah 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 just yeah. one twist yeah single twist please <laughs> yeah they're shaken not stirred all right then the uh, last one of this of this block on the emerging artist roundup is indigenous this is a kind of an interesting one still super super active uh, not the original lineup but the the lead guy is all all over the place uh, they're from South Dakota's Yankton Indian Reservation yes they are a band of Native Americans uh, it's it was founded by brothers Monto Nanji and Pate along with their sister Wanbadi I hope I didn't fuck that up too bad I think I remember that but then their cousin was also in the I band. You, I think you nailed those names. So I got that I think one. You nailed it. Horse, but horse. Well, good. Yeah, because I, I didn't. I didn't. You got horse. Yeah. Well, but that, that kind of like. It, it, I, I feel like that Monto in a weird Nanji. way fits into the the sort of rock trope of like you have a band and like three people have normal names and then the one guy's got the has got the nickname. <laughs> 
Yeah, except it's not a nickname. It's a spirit name, and he is probably strong like a fucking Bronco, and uh, it's probably very deep in meaning. Their father, Greg Zephyr, was an acclaimed activist for Native American rights as well as a musician. He was a member of the band The Vanishing Americans, who were a huge on the country circuit. They opened for a lot of really you know influential country acts uh, in the 60s and 70s. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, in the midst of their success, they caught the attention of B.B. King, uh, particularly their lead singer-guitarist, Monto, and he was asked to tour with B.B. King. He was very young at the time. He was a big deal, like, oh, this kid's playing with B.B. King. Uh, he then also went on to play with the uh, Experience Hendrix tour with uh, original members of the Jimi Hendrix Experience, which is yes. major 69 mm-hmm. vibes and major authentic Woodstock vibes, and he fucking played yeah. at Woodstock I definitely heard. So there's the, that. I heard that um, the band the very yeah. the bluesy rootsy hendrix influence i mean i think what it is is it's sort of yeah it's i mean it's it's pretty on the head you know it's, they're called indigenous they are native americans indigenous to this country and then it's like kind of like that music but then yeah. it just mixes with blues too um which is it's a thing yeah yeah no it, it it's cool yeah, like I feel like a good show, like a good mellow show would yes. be like Los Lobos and Indigenous. Like like just like the styles of playing and like the like the mm-hmm. just just like the songs and stuff. Um and and you know, they're kind of like your classic coffee rock band a little harder, but overall it's, it's blues stuff. Uh, they're still active. Yeah, and I mean, uh that's that's pretty the only much thing it I do want to say though is I I guess I'm and with I mean just I'm a, I'm a, a little sad of about indigenous just because it's kind of like you're taking these two styles and there's probably a lot of reasons for what my what i'm about to say but i mean basically it's like having like a native american like traditional musical influence and then like this the blue like a blues american blues and taking these two styles and i guess i'm i mean part of me is like i feel like this maybe could have sounded a lot more interesting than it it did, but I'm not trying to hate. I then guess it was. it's just like a weird <laughs> well, thing. You know. I don't really know. I, it, it, I, I think they were yeah, definitely I, going. I don't know. Whatever. They were going for a much more like sentimental vibe. Um. So maybe you know maybe I just caught some feelings from it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They, and I mean, I, I watched uh, almost a full concert just by accident because I was like doing other shit. <laughs> but uh, I, I watched them play at Austin City Limits like back around this time. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, fucking blues rock, whatever. But like we said, this was kind of like a, a th- this is something that we normally would have put on Patreon, the, the mail day stuff. But we wanted to show you the kind of stuff that you're missing. Uh, and also that story was just too good not yes. to give to everyone, uh, all of them, along with the rave information that, that that's incredible. The car accident story. These are things we can't deprive from you. Uh, but if you do want to hear more, it's patreon.com slash culture dumps. We give out all kinds of stuff there. Uh, we got a couple more timeline episodes. Next episode, uh, or t- on the timeline, we'll just go ahead and tell you yeah. it's Creed. Oh yeah. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty big one. Creed with Megadeth. And then one last band after that one final legend, then everything falls to ship so we are approaching the end and then that will signal the beginning of culture dumps uh make sure you guys are subscribing to the show rating it sharing it with everyone you know and uh because we appreciate we really that stuff. that's the best way to help us if you want to follow me personally on instagram it's at hollywood hot uh, stuff mine parks, is you throw it's really simple there. just at parks.miller 
Um, but if you are listening and you do happen to message me, please just message me to say, hey, uh, I messaged the podcast Instagram because I personally need to look at it more because every time I do look at it, it's just really uh, incredible. The things that the messages, the the content, the stuff people are showing. Um, so I, I just I'm really I love I love that people are just adding to this strange monster that we've created to the mythos yeah absolutely all right so if you went to worked at or played at woodstock 99 please contact us at podcast 99 official at gmail.com or on instagram at podcast 99 thank you folks and we will see you at woodstock